Hey, what is up, headhunters, recruiters, and sexy search firm owners? This is David Seven Patterson, uh, also known as DSP, uh, and my beautiful, uh, or actually, sorry, this way, my beautiful brother for another mother, Neil Lebevitz. Yeah, it's it's hard because I'm, I'm reversed it on is, the screen. It is. It's opposite yeah. when we're on the screen. It is. It is. Well, well, hey, uh, so we have Neil here today, and. Uh, uh, Coming to us because he's recently been evicted, which we're not going to hold that against him. Uh, uh, so he's been evicted. At least the rents in New York are crazy. Uh, Chris, by the way, is going to be I'm joining here in us. A little I'm bit late. The beautiful sky. I'm in a courtyard in uh, Bergen County. Uh, yeah, excellent. So, right over so, Chris, my man. So that said, if anybody here needs a roommate and they live in New York, all right, Neil doesn't need much. Just, just, just a spot under the stairs like Harry Potter. In I essence. just need a hug once in a while, David. Is that so wrong? <laughs> that is not wrong. In fact, that's, that's very commendable. In fact, I'll, I'll give you a hug right now. Here we go. Aww. Hug, Aww. Virtual hug. Um, now, now that said, by the way, so Neil, so right before the show, we were in the green room. Uh, by the way, we're going to be talking about recruiting branding. So just FYI, guys, for you, those of you just turning in, we'll be talking about branding uh, for your recruitment practice, which I believe is actually going to be a very uh, – it's, it's becoming more and more important um, as the world becomes more and more digitized. But – We'll talk about that here in just one moment. Um, but uh, first, though, I want to ask Neil. We were in the green room, and you're talking about how you know how I have this beautiful head of hair, which I do. Thank you very much. I appreciate the, the compliment, um, and I'm very blessed with that. Now, Neil, uh, uh, he was telling me about this. Um, what was it again? There's this thing that you use it's like a to talk, David. It's it's a bald head shaving device. They're all over like the infomercials. It looks like a hockey puck, right? And it's got, uh, it's a razor, but it's got five razor heads on. Instead of one or two, like on a regular, it's got five. And, it, and, you, and you just move it all around your head. And it gives you this beautiful baby's tush. And I throw a little wax on there. And, uh, and you get a little shine going. That's my is, world, is it baby. Turtle wax. A turtle wax. Turtle oh, wax. God. So, yeah. Do you, do you, that's, you that's buff it? I'm yeah, the buffer? In here in uh, Jersey. New you York. buff it? Yeah, I'm not, but I do. Make <laughs> you know buffing it? Actually, I, I, shall, I will tell you that you, you do, you do make ball look good, man. You do make ball look good. I got it. And you make the uh, bodybuilder beating up the weak guy at the beach <laughs> uh, look good too. Uh, I'm pretty far from now. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fat nowadays. But that said, that said, um, are you not but enough about my sexy body? We'll get off of that. But uh, anyway, branding, man, this is your thing. Branding. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It's all about branding. So, 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 guys. By the way, before we get into yeah, Chris Wessel. Yeah, very good into details. Uh, Chris Wessel, by the way, our co-host, he's going to be joining us a little bit late uh, today. Uh, he recently his car was repossessed. He's having to bus everywhere, and so he's at the mercy of these bus schedules. Um, so, so he'll be here as soon as uh, he gets dropped off by the bus, and he has to uh, maybe have his mom pick him up from the bus stop. Bring him home. But as soon as that happens, he'll be joining us live. Um, now, for anybody watch, watching us live, by the way, if you could do me a favor, comment live down below so we know who's watching. and It'll help the algorithm get some lives and live <laughs> likes and loves. Excuse me. And if you're watching the replay, comment replay. Um, and then, of course, if anybody has any questions, feel free to comment them down below, and we'll answer any questions that you guys have. Um, so, so with that said, let's talk about branding. Um, so, so. One thing that I want to want to mention here, but as far as branding is concerned, is that I think that um, 
Obviously, when uh, when I first started in the business, and by the way, when I first started, it was uh, I started staffing back in '97, but it was it wasn't until 2000 that I learned how to do search. That was when I was hired by MRI Management Recruiters, and I was just a a, a, a green rookie in my early 20s at the time, and all we had was a phone, and that was about it. We had a we had a database, but it was um, uh, not it, it it was like a dummy terminal attached to a server so there was no windows it was it was it was orange text on a black screen so i didn't have access to internet really uh at email but we had email we had to um uh we had one pc windows pc uh with with email on there so we each of us got like an hour or so a day on this pc so we can use email the rest of it was just all pure phone and so when it comes to branding back then it was really hard to do because uh, the all your branding was in essence the conversations you would have with prospects. So back then, um, uh, the, the big metric, and I don't know if you remember this, Neil, but the big metric at the time was phone time. Uh, they used to say if you get four hours a day phone time, uh, you're making you're, you're making six figures. Back when six figures meant something, and by that it was basically from the time you picked up the phone to the time it it, it rested back on the cradle. There was a system that would track each second that the phone was live, and if you got four hours in a day, you were doing pretty good. And I think a lot of it was due to we were told talk to as many hiring managers and cams as possible because the more you just talk to people and give value and build relationships, then your brand will organically start growing. So a lot of it was brand building in addition to just uh, uh, dialing for for dollars and dialing for leads. And nowadays there is there are so many tools available to brand build, not just by phone, but also uh, uh, social and your website and email campaigns and all these other things, right? So, so I want to talk about that, how you can do that and what okay, to you know, do. Let's branding. cut to the chase, though. This is a show mm -hmm. where you're obviously pro brand, okay? You have tons of content on it. You're a branding guru. So I'm going to have to ask the question, does brand matter and why, though? I mean, because, you know, devil's advocate, is I, I was always told you are the brand, right? You're you're mm -hmm. the brand, and it's crowded with all these cliches. Why does so? You obviously feel branding matters. Why? Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I, uh, I can give you some real life examples. So, um, right now, if your hiring manager needs um, uh, or your client needs somebody, right? Uh, they don't need. They're not going to go online and look for somebody on LinkedIn and go reach out. So, so inbound leads don't really exist as, as much as people think they like to think they do. Like a lot of branding experts talk about about inbound leads, right? Sure. They don't really exist as much in our business because our business commoditized. Uh, a client can open their email and see dozens of recruiters. Like I don't need to go searching for somebody because they're searching for me. I just got to go right, pick right, the best right. one, right? So where branding comes in, uh, where, where branding really um, shines is is making your outbound more effective. As an example, uh, 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 my my, uh, my partner, and, and so so I do like a career coaching business well on the side, and I've got a partner in that named Mitch Robbins. He runs Anthony Michael Group out of Denver, right? So he has a search firm that is a medical device and does RAQA. He has been running a podcast uh, where he interviews leaders in the medical device space, and he's been doing it for about three years now. He gets some inbound leads on that, and he's and he's had, he's he's had a couple like fairly big retainers come through because of that. But the real value is when he reaches out to people, 
they're always saying, oh, you're the guy in the podcast. Oh, yeah, I like your podcast. Oh, yeah, this. They, they recognize him. His open rates are high. His reply rates are high. When he gets on the call with somebody, they're already pre-sold, or at least they're like 80% So, yeah, so how sold. do you define branding? Like what is – what is you, you use the word a lot. How would you holistically mm-hmm. – what is a brand? Branding is where, in essence, where someone recognizes your name uh, and sees value in what you do and sees and also sees what you do as being irrelevant to them. So, for example, I am not my brand uh, is pretty much non-existent for people who, let's say, um, who, who sell cars. I'm not relevant to them at all. There's no, there's no brand there. So for a brand to be effective, you have to be relevant to the audience and you have to be very well known. You have to be in their, in their, in their lives repeatedly. But what about right? branding that they don't know you? Like, like I look at you, mm-hmm. right. And I, I, I can think of brands as lots of different ways, but if someone doesn't know you and they're looking for a train, like I know if I send them new, Hey, here's David's stuff. Like you're on my website, right? I put you on there as a solution mm-hmm. on our website because it's yeah. a great looking website. I'm proud of it. Right. So your brand, they don't know you. So brand is also when they don't know you, right? Outmail, you know, email, outreach, and all these other things. Your first time, it's all a brand, right? So it's not just knowing you, right? Just, just, I'm just picking out what you're saying a little bit, right? Like, I uh, well, uh, to, to a certain extent, I mean, branding is, um, uh, if they don't know you, they don't know you. But at the same time, like, there's a reason why, for example, Corn Fairy runs social media ads because while they may uh, uh, they're a junior associate with them, may only last like a year or two years. It doesn't matter. They're they're such a large behemoth, and they and they have this corporate brand they're trying to build, right? Same thing like Coca Cola, Pepsi. They have these big name brands, and they can run through people internally all the time. But people know the brand. But if Neil, if you're a solo guy out there, you're in a small firm, um, you are the brand, right? At the end of the day, uh, a brand could be the entire company or the brand could be the one individual, usually a combination of the two. But obviously, if you're a solo recruiter, independent, something like that, you don't have the big name company oh. brand you could fall back on, right? You've got to develop your own brand. You don't have the benefit of having like, the brand cool. behind you. Because they, they work hand in mm-hmm. hand, right? So what you want to be known for is what people – that don't know you when they first see you are going to get exposed to David, what you look like, what your content looks like, the feel of it, all that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it's like exactly what you're saying. And it's a, how do you get, what do you want to be known for? Right? Like, what do you want to be known for? Like Mm -hmm. David, like when they think of you, right? That's how I look at it, but you know, how much more it is like, what's, what's the image, what's the feel, what's the vibe. So it is, it is, it's all that stuff. Right. And then what do you want to be known for? Well, a lot of ways. Here, by the way, uh, looks like Chris just uh, came in, so we're going to bring him in from the green room. He's been waiting there for a couple minutes. Howdy. Hey, what awesome. is up, Chris? Glad you can make it. Yeah, I like, right. just, just parked myself at my uh, co-working space that's not too far from the meeting I just had, so... Um, well, we are uh, we we're just talking about uh, about about branding. Actually, we were just getting into um, the value of branding and where. Uh, and I don't know if you missed this or not, but I was in, in essence saying the importance of branding isn't necessarily in, in terms of inbound leads. You know, um, uh, for all these people out there, trainers that that, that uh, repeat lines like inbound leads on demand, piping hot leads delivered to your doorstep every week or whatever, they, they don't exist. Like uh, a hiring manager, if they need a recruiter, they need to go out and find them. Recruiters find them they've got dozens of recruiters in their inbox a lot with lots chris anyway i was trying to explain to chris what i've already mentioned so we'll, we'll get right back into well hopefully chris will come back here in a second but um but in essence right so for the folks who are just joining your brand what it really comes down to more than anything else is going to be 
do the do the people who you're reaching out to do they know you do they recognize you do they trust you and do they see you as having some value another example uh to the mitch robbins example i gave earlier um is for myself uh we run our own outbound campaign there's chris so Sorry. we run outbound campaigns for my business right to search firm owners and recruiters um and what i found is that um We'll reach out to some folks who have been in my Facebook group for a few years. They've seen my content. They've they've uh, they've read my stuff. They've been through my trainings. Um, yet they didn't get out their butts and reach out to me. I sought to reach out to them to spark some interest and get them into my sales process. Now, once they get into my sales process, I always get I get the comment all the time. Oh, I've been meaning to work with you for years, or but, and so and so even then, the ML leads don't come as much as you would think. It's it's more about what does branding do for your outbound campaigns. So as as another example, let's say uh, you're you work for Corn Ferry, right? So you now you're going to be utilizing your 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 company's name um if if your name is joe blow with corn fairy and you leave a voicemail for somebody uh versus if you're joe blow works for joe blow enterprises everything else being equal the guy from corn fairy is going to get the call back versus the guy from joe blow if you're out on the call and you're actually named joe blow joseph blow anything like that don't make mm -hmm. that part of your recruiting firm name like david just did don't be joe blow enterprises bad move that would be go by J Blow. It's a conversation. <laughs> J Blow. Well, you know, I had another twist I was thinking about as far as branding too. This <laughs> that goes beyond like, like I think when recruiters think branding, they they're maybe a little too uh, one dimensional where they think like, oh, I'm a IT recruiter or I hire in this industry or this specialization, and like that's mm -hmm. part of it. But like one of the things I've found is like I'll have some customers that I'll will work with, they, they've seen some video I did, or they've seen a bunch of stuff I've been posting on LinkedIn over the years or whatever, and, and we're connected, but we've never really engaged. And I've had them say, well, you know, I see some of the stuff you put out there. I agree with some of the things you say, you seem like somebody I could work with, right? So like you do have to kind of like vibe with your customers. And like, mm -hmm. I feel like the more authentically you, you are, when you put it out there, there are, there are you know, business owners or whatever that will be like, eh, he's not really my style, I don't, which is fine. Right. And then maybe we wouldn't work well together. And then there's other ones who are like, you know, I feel like I could get along with you. I like you. I like what the stuff you say. I feel like you know what you're doing. I feel like we could work together. You know, that's why I reached out. Yeah. So I, I think that that um, like personal identity and, 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 the, and customers feeling like they can click with you personally or, or they feel like philosophically you're aligned yeah. is very right. powerful. And so, David, well, yeah, you, it, you, you're, you have lots of branding stuff. And I know what are the big pitfalls? Like, I mean, keep going. Like, like, what's the key to it? And where do people really mess up? I mean, I'll give you things that I see when recruiters come in. But what's your, what's your whole take? You're the real expert on it uh, out of the three of us here for sure. And I would say, well, the, well, the one thing I would say is, 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 Make sure you understand what authentic means, because like Chris, you talked about being authentic. So I think there, everybody, everybody on on the interwebs always talks about being authentic, authentic this, authentic this, authentic this, and 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 in, in a lot of ways, having flaws or having like uh, um, it, it's kind of like how everybody has a melting illness nowadays, because that gives you some social currency, right? Uh, and so in today's world, right, everybody tries to be authentic, and 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 for most people, being authentic does not work, because being authentic means 
oh, fuck, I'm freaking hungover today. Like it's like being you don't need to tell your your audience or, or your niche exactly what's it's going unfiltered on. Unfiltered like, versus authentic is the- yeah. Authentic, authentic. All that really means more than anything else is is knowing is is knowing what you stand for, or, or at least what you want to relate to, to the public, and what you stand for. Uh, and in essence, beating that drum every single day. Every, and being consistent, consistent and being yeah. a forgot that's what that's what authenticity really truly means authenticity and I would agree does, with that because I see like flaws. yeah like when I say like I put opinions out there and I'm like hey this is what I think you should do right this is what I think about this and it clicks with you or it doesn't right and I think like that's part of like the authenticity like you said you have a stand on something like this is your approach this is how you think it should be done this is what you think is like good or bad and I think that people are afraid to do that sometimes because they think that you know it might alienate some people, but honestly, it draws customers that do want to work with you. Oh, it does. It does. In fact, in fact, there is a um, uh, there is a great book. If 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 you want to be authentic, uh, in terms of of having like a brand, I think one thing that you, you should realize there's this uh, there's a book called uh, the One Sentence Persuasion Course by Blair Warren, and uh, there is a uh, and in there is one sense per, is one sentence persuasion course. The one sentence is this, and I just pulled it up here. Um, People will do anything for those who encourage their dreams, justify their failures, ally their fears, confirm their suspicions, and help them through rocks their enemies. So what does that mean, right? That means, uh, all right, so encourage their dreams. That's the easy one, right? Uh, you too can lose that 50 pounds. You too can be the or, – or, or you too can, can almost eliminate all your mishires or w- whatever it is, right? So you're, 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 you're encouraging their dreams. Everybody loves that, and that's very, and it's very influential when someone does that. Uh, the second one is justify their failures, right? So you see this in infomercials all the time, right? It's not your fault you're 50 pounds overweight. It's the, it, yeah. uh, it's the FDA. It's, the, it's, it's a or big it's not ad. Your fault it's you're this. in credit card debt or it's not – yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's so a lot. So it's the uh, justify their fears, ally their fears, right? So their fear. Don't worry, we've got you, right? Don't be afraid. We we got it handled. Don't worry. You know, maybe using guarantees, whatever it is. That's align their fears. Um, confirm their suspicions, right? Uh, you were right. You know, when 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 if 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 you felt that here's well here, here's a here's a great one for recruiters. Um, when uh if you think your recruiter represents the candidate. Even though you're the one paying the bill, you know what? You're right, and here's why. Right, right. Confirming their suspicions um, and helping to rocks their enemies. Right. Everybody has an enemy, uh, whether it be um, right versus left, left versus right, or maybe uh, bad practices. Right. So maybe, for example, I might talk about uh, how contingency or, or 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 contingency search is actually a bad deal for for clients. Right. That might be something I, I can throw rocks at that. Right. In my content. So those five things for any audience. Right. It's going to be encouraging their dreams, justifying their failures, align their fears, confirm their suspicions and help them throw rocks their enemy. Any good marketing campaign you'll see anywhere will have one or more of those components. Are you referring to their website, their logo, their LinkedIn profile? Just messaging their, in general. Their, like Anything. What? Like their name of their company, Anything. everything? A- 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 any sort of marketing, whether it be a, a commercial email, website, your conversation. It's just in general. Everything. Um, yeah, it, it, everything. So, so for example, like if I'm talking about if, – if, for example – 
if I'm if I want to encourage dreams, right? A lot of what I do is encouraging dreams. I encourage you too can uh, be the most dominant recruiter in your niche. You can do this. You can do that. You do this. That message is going to appear on my website and on my email campaigns and my conversations and just everywhere. I'm, I'm plashed that message out. And that's another thing about branding is it's branding isn't you know where people think about just putting your logo everywhere. Although that's part of it. Um, all branding really is is if it's it's think about it like this. There, what do you want your prospects to know about you, whether it be your candidates or clients? Let's say clients. What do you want your, your future clients to know about you before you ever talk to them, right? Well, um, that maybe it's the, the quality of work that you do, your years of experience, your, your specialization, your, your special process, the, maybe, maybe the value you put out into the marketplace, whatever it is, all these different things about you that you solve or you help, that your, help your client avoid or what you do better than anybody else, what's really unique about you. You got to define what those are. Right. And then figure out how am I going to get the message out to the marketplace? That's going to be along oh, when we push out LinkedIn content, it means articles on my website, uh, my uh, email and campaign. Want to start even simpler. This just bothers me. It's just something that's on my mind. Mm -hmm. I, like that. Branding at the simplest level, you know, it drives me nuts when I get someone that emails me from a Gmail account. Like you're in a business, you're supposed to be a recruiter. You mm -hmm. have this and you're emailing me at Stevens, you know, Jacobs at gmail.com. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like you, you don't, you don't have your ducks in a row to package yourself. I'm done. Right. So well, that's branding right there. I'm done there. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that you can't even set up a, I'm done. It's matters to me. I look all the time at someone. Well, brain. and Neil on that same token, there are plenty of people that were probably maybe watching this, but definitely in some of these types of groups that like, you know, they're just getting started out recruiting or whatever, and they'll send out all sorts of email campaigns, or whatever, but like, they don't even mention on their LinkedIn that they're a recruiter. It still has like their other I job. I know, absolutely. Like, and, and they don't and, like, you know, if you're standing at a website, just put an entry on your freaking LinkedIn profile. Like, right. you wonder why no one's writing you back when you send out 10,000 emails. It's because when they look, they're like, dude, what is your deal? Sorry. to. Yep. No, no it's a big one. And and, and now and now and now let's say you send that email email out, uh, and but they already know who you are. They they know who you are. They got a lot of value from you. They've been you've been in your world for a long time. Even if your LinkedIn profile sucks, they're somewhat likely to respond back to you positively. Maybe you book a call versus the rando one that they've never heard from before. So it's so a lot of it is is that, but also just the. Re re repeatedly being in someone's world for 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 a long time and and so and think about this right when you look at say again branding and knowing okay all the different mess messages uh that you want your your market to know about you before they ever get a, on a call with you so uh at the end of the day that could be you see a linkedin post here email message here a voicemail over here another email message over here a linkedin post over here another your linkedin profile and just over time they, they build this 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 archetype of, of of who you are in their head uh through all this this content and so it's it's kind of a, a long game play but what, I'll, what you'll find is that your your open rates are going up and your and your uh your your callbacks are going up your appointments are going up you start getting better searches same thing happened when i first started with mri uh back in 2000 when all we had was the phone and that's it um i was a nobody uh when i first started nobody knew who i was in, in the niche i was working at the time uh, which was recruiting insurance underwriters uh for property casualty companies that was my first niche in search before i got into sap uh, but after but i made so many calls and i talked to and I talked to everybody I could ever get on the phone. I talked to them, tried to build relationships. After about a year, I was getting a ton of callbacks uh, because 
I built my brand through sweat equity, right? I was just talking to everybody and I was building my brand that way, right? Because I didn't have the, have access to things like LinkedIn and all the kind of jazz to build my brand at scale and to do it one person at a time. So, so whether you do it one person at a time or at scale, the same principles still apply because when I was talking to people one at a time, I was still trying to deliver these certain messages that I was professional. I knew I, uh, I knew people in the market I had a great network. I worked fast. I, I did I, I did searches of high quality, right? All the same things that we want to deliver to our marketplace now, it's just that we have access to more mediums to do that um, at scale, right? Well, and you, to, to Neil's other point before too, like, and what I was kind of harping on, it's hard to develop like a mature brand. I think if you have the missing the fundamentals, like if the basics aren't there, yeah. if it, like if someone looks at your LinkedIn profile and they don't really understand what you do or that you're even a recruiter, like these things have to be addressed. I think people gloss over those sometimes because they just want to get out there and start doing stuff. And like another thing I think is part of your brand that you establish is just how you operate, right? So it's not even just like people, you'll get a reputation in in your niche niche whatever in your business like I, most of what i do is fairly regional so a lot of the contacts i know around me like people get to know you they know is this somebody who like how do they communicate how's their follow-up you know how are they on the phone do they rush people through conversations or are they go to listener like you're building your brand with every phone call and every interaction and every post on linkedin and every fight you get into in facebook and everything else like it all feeds into like, yeah, there's, you think, want to think high level brand, like, oh, if you use all the right colors and everyone, everyone to know that I'm the best person to recruiting for XYZ, but don't forget about the fundamentals that decide if someone even wants to work with you in the first place. Yeah. And, you know, actually everybody has a brand, whether or not they whether you control it, it or everybody's not. Got a, yeah. Yes. Everybody's got a brand. Yeah. It depends on whether you control it or not. And, and a lot of it comes as well as don't, don't be, don't, Please everybody. That's one of the things, one of the big things I think that. Um, and, and by the way, guys, real quick for those who are who are listening to this, thinking like, okay, but I want some like nuts and bolts. Like, what do I need to do? Uh, I'll tell you in a few minutes. But I, I, but I do want to bring this up. Um, it's important to be polarizing. So this is a. Um, uh, I, I love to use this this example. I used to use this quite a bit uh, uh, way back in the day. Um, there was this um, uh, uh, brewery company. Okay, okay, so everybody knows Coke, right? Uh, so Coke and Pepsi. Um, there was this uh, uh, brewery in Wisconsin that created Not Your Father's Root Beer. And this is back when no one was making a, an alcoholic root beer. Not your time. father's or nacho father's, like a cheese. Not, uh, not your father's. Not, not your, your father's. father's okay. Which, by the way, I love root beer. In fact, I drink root beer right now. Not a beer. This is root beer. Yeah, I'm not a big well, fan not of the alcoholic beverages. Version. So nacho beverage wasn't going to mm. fly well. Okay. And I'm not going to fly away. But not your father's root beer, which not was actually about, I think, 5 or 6% alcohol. And so it was pretty strong. Uh, and... Um, they they came out with that. No one had done it at the time. And thing about it is, no one really like. There's not many people like root beer. I love root beer, but it's a very it's an acquired taste, right? Yeah, sure. And of those, not many people want to get drunk when they drink root beer. But those who did, it exploded. And that brewery, like a little regional brewery, uh, became national in a hurry. And they they became one of the uh, one of the biggest sellers. Actually, became their biggest seller. And because it was so unique and polarizing, in a lot of ways, you don't you don't have the resources to be Coca Cola, and you certainly don't want to be RC Cola, right? Which is like a generic knockoff version of Coca Cola. You want to be your own thing. A lot of people don't like not your father's root beer. That's okay, because enough people love it uh, that, that 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 it made them run away success. And so, in a lot of ways, think about like my brand. There are people out there I know who don't like me. That's cool. 
but the ones who do really like me, right? And so uh, I'd rather do that than be one of the hundreds of trainers out there that are vanilla that have nothing distinguishable about them because they're trying to play it safe. You and know what's so funny, crowd. David, to digress. So I was a trainer on the circuit for 10 years and I hit the ground hard, right? I did all of the national events or the local ones. And I remember in the beginning, I would, I was really ranked high. I was re- always ranked like the number one, number two, per- but I would, all o- I would get these amazing reviews, but I would always get these people at the bottom that hated my guts. Like I, I like it, I couldn't believe that I could be rated that high and have such vitriol. And my style was very poor. I, I was a very polarizing yeah. style. But to your point, I never could have been ranked as high or had the success if I worried about that end bottom because it's going to happen. Like if you're going to be authentic, you're not going to be everyone's. Not everyone's going to. You're not going to want to be friends with everyone either. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, actually, speaking of which. Uh, uh, do you know Dave Nurse with, oh, with NPA? Absolutely. So he's actually, I'm talking to him right now to be a guest on our show in the next few weeks. And Good. it's funny enough, actually, uh, I was talking to Dave a couple weeks ago. I, I, I mentioned your name. He told me exactly that. <laughs> he told me exactly what you just told me. <laughs> exactly. About Pretty me? much exactly. Did yeah, about, about how you were great. Some people don't, really didn't like you, but the ones who did really liked you uh, and, and that you were a great trainer. And he, he brought that up exactly. That was, or something to that effect, rather. So it's interesting that you said that because it is really is true. Same with me. Like, I'm, I'm polarizing. I get that. But that's one of the reasons why I've been able to do so well. And likewise, because, um, you, you know, people, you can be vanilla all day long, but who's really a, 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 a raving if, fan of vanilla? And but if you think about as a recruiter, sorry, sorry. If you think oh, about okay, as a good. recruiter and you're trying to be, kind of generic you're trying to be a people pleaser and you don't want to like really push back or say no or kind of define yourself at all you're going to take on a whole bunch you're, you're going to think you're having success this because you have all these job orders because because you're so you know um vanilla that you're non-offensive and everybody's going to want to work with you right so you get a bunch of job orders from a bunch of wildly varying and how qualified they are requirements and but what hits the bottom line and actually hits your bank account because what actually gets closed probably won't be a whole lot right but what if like you spent most of your time working with companies that work well with your style? You know, like I, I challenge right off the bat, anybody I work with uh, in a discovery call, I don't mean adversarially, but you know, I probe a little bit, try to understand like really where's this business need coming from? Is this, you know, really understand how they scope the job? Is this really what you're looking for? This and that. And I explained to them like my process, which includes, you know, some discovery calls and discovery time up front and some you know benchmarking behavioral assessments things like that i expect some time out of my customers because i do higher level searches and some of them aren't willing to do that they're like we just pay you and just like skip we just like have a half hour call i'm like i can't do that i'm not gonna be able to do a good job for you then they're like okay well we can't go this route i'm like that's fine because i would lose my mind trying to work with that customer because they're not going to do it the way that it works well for me but the ones who are like yeah that sounds like a great process we're totally on board we're totally engaged keep coming back and coming back and coming back and that makes me so much more efficient because I'm working with people who want to work the way I want to work. And whether that's, whether it's that peculiarity of like when, how I get started or the type of customer you want to work with or the size of customer you want to work with or whatever, however you want to slice that demographic, if you can hone in on the types of business that are best for you, you're going to get more out of the hours you spend. And cause like, listen, we're recruiters. We've all wasted tons of time. On shit that didn't pan out. Oh, yeah. 
Right. Well, you know, here, here's something. So I, I love this example because this is a perfect example of 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 a type of piece of content you can produce. So content isn't just uh, isn't just letting people know about who you are. It's also training your audience to to or you're 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 training your audience to act in a certain way, to act better. So as an example, um, uh, let's say and I'm not saying you should do this, but let, let, let's say for example you made it wrote an article about about your experiences working with clients who don't want to take the time on the front end right as, as almost like a cautionary tale yep. because their searches have never seemed to work out um i remember this is about four or five years ago um i had a fair amount of uh people who would book a call with me and go through the entire presentation and our demo and then i would send in a proposal and everything was fine and then i uh and then they ghost me right and it, and you're always going to get that to a certain degree but i was getting like a little higher than what i thought it should be and it would piss me off because some of those people were in my, my facebook group they're still like in there and they just literally uh ghosted me and so i remember i created this piece of content and i ran this ad to um, the 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 my my group, all right, on, on Facebook, and I, I put up my content. I did an email an email blast on it, and in essence, I talked about how you got to be the client that you want to be. If you don't, if you ghost on proposals, well, what's going to happen? Your clients will ghost on you. And and I wrote a whole thing about it, and my ghosting my ghosting percentage went down dramatically because I was teaching my audience to act in a certain way and those who didn't want to act in that way they didn't book a call with me which is great right i'm i'm already being polarized and separating out who i want to work with versus who i don't want to work with yeah, if you that put out content like here's what you should expect from your recruiter that's training your the audience right like if you're basically instead of saying hey i do this i do that i do this and other companies don't do that if you put out content where you're basically saying the same kind of thing like Here's what, if you're engaging with a recruiter, here's what they should be doing. Here's what you should be watching out for. Here's the best practices for having a successful, you know, engagement. And like, you know, same, same thing entirely. Yes. hundred percent. Well, um, and in fact, actually speaking about training the audience, you're something interesting. I, I read this, I forget, exa I forget exactly how the wording was, but it was, I read this and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I should figure out a way to use this as a rebuttal in in a recruiting script. So I read this on Twitter and it was about the, it was, it was the, it was about the, uh, the economics of door to door sales for pest control. It's, it sounds really weird, but it was this, it was a, it was a really long post where basically this, uh, guy, he was like an economist, uh, I think maybe like his nephew, whatever, uh, spent the summer, uh, in Utah selling pest control door to door and, and made about 35 to four, or maybe 35, $40,000 in a summer right on commissions and they broke down like the, the the number of 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 houses he would knock on per day how many would answer how many get live how many close etc and he said one of the one of the one of the best techniques for bottles um was when he'd ask like you know who they who they currently use or they say we currently use somebody and and they say who it is he said they taught us to 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 speak fast but then speak slow so so when they say terminex immediately you would speak fast ter oh, oh terminex but then you would slow down and and you'd say some of the i forget exactly how he said it'd be some of the effect of oh oh you use terminex so i am sure you've seen uh them spray uh now have you, have you uh and, I, and he would say something effective where he would throw them under the bus he would say um um oh so you've seen how they only just do the spray and that's it i see like he would say it 
and, and, and implying that they only do one thing versus his servers where they did a bunch of different things, but you didn't say it in a negative way. You said, oh, yeah, Terminix, yeah, yeah we're good. I'm sure, but, and I'm sure you've watched them just do the spray and that's it. Oh, fantastic. And then he's kind of in, incepting or in, using inception, I guess you can say, but getting that thought in their heads. It's like that anchoring a little bit. Yeah. It, it, it is a lot like anchoring, uh, but that's another example of like training and it's not really branding necessarily, but that was a really good example of kind of inserting those things in your, in your prospects. Right, but the same so thing where, applies so I know for your overall branding. Where do they start? What's a tell? What do they have? You got all these great things. What do we do as their hours are coming? What, what talk to us? What do they, where do we, what do they do? All right. Take some set of first off, find out uh, what you want your brand to be. Don't worry about being authentic. Right, you know, and, and you know, we, we don't need to talk about your alcohol problem on, on the line. What you want to do is you want to find out what you stand for. So find out again uh, what uh, what do you stand for? Uh, um, you know, the in terms of uh, your service, right? So it'd be high quality or speed, wh whatever it happens to be, right? Make sure your your LinkedIn is dialed in. As Chris said, make sure that it's clear that you're a recruiter. No one is looking for a VP of talent acquisition. People yeah, are looking for a financial method. Is the lighthouse uh, method the branding one? You had a product. Uh, yeah, my my uh, basically the lighthouse method is my sales and marketing guide. Okay. Right. Um, yeah, and um, in fact, if anybody wants to download, I'll put it here up uh, on the screen here in a second. But um, but anyway, um, so get all your make sure your LinkedIn's dialed in because obviously people are going to be uh, looking at your LinkedIn. Uh, but once you do that, uh, before you start uh, winging out emails and content then map your market. So for example, if you're, if, if you have a, um, an audience of 3000 hiring managers, cause you work safe finance in Houston and you've got about 3000 hiring managers in Houston that you know that you've mapped on LinkedIn, um, scrape all those from LinkedIn. And here's what you do. There's 3000 people start connecting with them on LinkedIn, right? As much as possible, because if they're connected, they're much more likely to see your content and start posting content specifically to that, those 3000. Don't worry about everybody else on LinkedIn, just those 3000 people start posting content to them uh, that would be relevant to them um, every single day on LinkedIn, uh, and then start your, your actual outbound campaigns, right? Meaning start reaching out to them every single month, right? Phone, email, LinkedIn, et cetera. It takes time, but what you'll find is, and you can A-B test this, take a thousand people where you're connected with them on LinkedIn and showing them content versus a thousand where you're not doing that and email the exact same messages out to each and you'll see a higher response rate from folks who know you because you've, you've been uh, branding towards them. So all you gotta do is make sure you get your brand assets together, map your market completely, use like these scraping tools like Seamless, Apollo, DuckSoup, whatever you wanna use on LinkedIn, scrape them down, put them in your CRM, and then start a concerted campaign every single week to connect with as many people as you possibly can start posting content that's going to be relevant to them those hiring managers um start your email campaigns simultaneously and also make sure you're reacting to their content so, right on sales navigator you can you can save these leads as uh, save leads on sales navigator and you have a news feed on sales navigator where you can then see all their content all their posts start liking commenting liking commenting because you want to be that's part of branding, right? They want to see your, your, your name, whether it be as a comment on their post or a like on their post, or they see a piece of comment over here and they get an email over here, right? That's very uh, small batch branding.
right? You don't need to be huge to the world. Just map your market, get your assets ready, uh, and start connecting on LinkedIn. Start posting out, start pushing out content on LinkedIn if you're relevant to them, and start email and start reaching out to them on a monthly basis. It's really, really simple, and be consistent with it, right? That's how you build a brand. But the reason why recruiters don't have a brand because they don't post consistently, or they don't post their things their audience finds valuable, um, or they don't map their market, um, or uh, prospects in the market don't hear from them, right? Uh, a prospect and, and uh, may only hear from a recruiter once a year, if that, right? And only when that recruiter needs a job order versus mm -hmm. every single month being in their, in, their, in their inbox, every single maybe week being in their newsfeed. It's that simple. It's just the consistency and yeah. being in front of and, and absolutely like Chris said, start with the basic things too. Like that LinkedIn, like your LinkedIn, like David, all your stuff looks great. Like if I'm going to look at you and I'm going to go to your LinkedIn, your everything, Facebook banner, everything should be just, just, just spend the hour, man. And, and mm -hmm. plan it all out. You got to do it. And, and as a plug to my business, um, we, if you don't have the resources for it, a company like boss, anyone, if you have one contractor out with us, we give you free branding and marketing services with a lot of value and all sorts of great things will help you with uh, design kits and, and, and stuff. Uh, the header pages like David's my quarter, like you look at, go to my LinkedIn page, like that kind of thing will design for you. Uh, you don't, so, you know, um, yep. Contact can go there, learn to start more with boss back office staffing solutions. Cause we care. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, well, if my brand, David, we're doing shameless plugs. Yeah. And actually there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with shameless plug. And here's something else, by the way, in terms of branding, here's something else to think about. I want here, here's really important. I'm going to about to promote my shit in a second, but I want to give you another important lesson. Um, I get important lessons. um, one is, one is don't ever feel bad about a shameless plug because you know what that, because while you, people think that, well, so, so all right. People Who else is going to plug you if you don't plug yourself? Exactly. People don't like to be sold to. I, I get that, right? And you don't want everything to be promotional. But at the same time, if you don't sell somebody on something uh, that they may need, you're doing them a disservice. Never feel bad about a plug. Never feel bad about promoting yourself. Yes, um, that's just not called you're doing them a service. The future. I, that's where I take umbrage. You refer to it as a shameless plug. You're the one that added the ad, <laughs> the adverb. I know. Just fine. Shameless. That's why I, 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 I like you. Know you're shameless. Um, and second, and secondly, and secondly, you? Big... you plug away, David. I know you're not. Oh gonna yeah. Plug. I have no, I have no shame. Um, well, yeah. If you want to download the lighthouse method, by the way, yeah. you can do that right up there at, uh, shameless dog. You two been plugging now. each other for years. Wait, oh, now, what are we <laughs> oh, thank God. David. That you means different things. You used to have crazy <laughs> long URLs. Um, yeah, yeah, I have these short, like real DSP.me. Oh, there uh, you but go. Actually, though, but here, here's the other lesson, though, and this is the, the Mel Gibson rule, right? This I love the Mel Gibson rule because, um, when if you if you post content on LinkedIn or you know, post whatever and and you get like a hundred views on it's like nothing, right? And you get no comments on likes, but it's probably because it's too promotional. Um, and so this, the Mel Gibson rule is called the Mel Gibson rule because I heard this in an interview with Mel Gibson years ago when, at, when they asked about, uh, how, uh, how he's able to direct such great movies. I mean, Braveheart, the Patriots, you know, Apocalypto. I mean, he's directed some great movies and his rule always is, is they has to have this three E's. You have to be able to, you have to educate, you have to entertain, you have to elevate, elevate their thinking. And if you're not educating, Right. If you're not entertaining and you know, elevating, you don't have great content, whether it be a movie, post, whatever it is. And so every time you create a post, it is is it entertaining? If it's not, 
redo it. Is it educational? Let's not redo it. Is it is it elevating the thinking somehow? Let's not redo it, right? If you can get those three relatively consistently, uh, your content will be better than 99% of the content you see on LinkedIn. And you'll actually start getting views and actually get, start getting traction. Because if you post something and maybe gets 100 views or 100 impressions, it doesn't do you or anybody else any good. Yeah, except the Mel Gibson technique doesn't work for us Jews. I'm just kidding. I couldn't resist. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Oh man. Well, that's a no comment on that one. But <laughs> I will say this. I will say this in, in terms of shameless plugs. Um, we have a um, a brand new off flake book, Facebook, an off flake book recruiter community that's opening today called the Headhunter Syndicate. Right? It's actually opening to the public next week. But anybody that wants an invitation, early invitation today for a soft launch. Comment below, um, and we'll get you an invitation. Oh, David, uh, I want your today. soft launch. Only, only a hard launch for you, man. Thank you, brother. <laughs> it says, oh, speaking of which, by the way, I sent an email out yesterday to my list. It was a, a survey. Survey says sixty nine percent of recruiters swing both ways, and I'm running a really high open rate on that one right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta imagine yeah. it's a good one. Hey, speaking uh, of a high open rate, I'm about to turn 60 in November. My name's mm -hmm. Neil, obviously. So I've never used Neil and Veal like Neil Parmesan. Someone's like, that's going to be your line in Little Italy. Like you want some Neil Parmesan? I just, I never, what a brilliant, my whole life, no one's ever used Neil Parmesan. And then he's like, order it bone in. I mean, it keeps going. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you get it with, with white, so I mean, I, my whole life. I, I think the only way to order a right? ago, I was I, about a month ago. I learned this. So all the time, you know, it's it, funny. Funny thing is, funny thing is, Neil, uh, is that um, um, you'll be surprised to find out that uh, uh, pickup lines don't work anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately, they, ever, they, they never did. I I use pickup lines as yeah. a joke of pickup lines because they never work. So that was my angle as a yeah, joke. Yeah, use a joke. They, they never worked. Yeah, yeah. If 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 if, if you're if you're self-deprecating, right? right? If you use that to joke out, it works. Hey, excuse me. Do you have a quarter? Because my dad told me to call him when I met the woman of my dreams. Oh, didn't know angels mm -hmm. could fly so low. Are your legs tired? Because you've been running around my mind all night. Oh, I'm lost. You know all those lines, right? That well, but you know it, that that is a good principle for cold calls, right? Because uh, one of my favorite open lines on a cold call, so they pick up. Hey, Bob, this is a cold call. Like I yeah. say it right off the bat because it, it, yeah. it's a pattern interrupt. Just like using a pickup line in that manner, like as a, in, a, in a joking way, it's a pattern interrupt. You're kind of yeah. – and it's like when you're cold calling, say, hey, this is a cold call. You, if you want to hang up, let me know. Otherwise, you know, saying that right off the bat uh, indicates to them like they like where you know, like I know I'm interrupting you. I know you don't want to get a cold call right now. I get it. Like you get that completely. I'm not oblivious, right? You're, you're signaling that. Just like when you walk up and use a use a, a, a pickup line, but in a self-deprecating manner, you're displaying like I kind of get the deal and I'm a fun guy, right? Oh, you gotta exactly. laugh at me, you know what I mean? And it works. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It works. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's all we have on on branding uh, and whatnot. And of Chris, if you have anything you want to uh, throw in here at the very tail end? No, I I commented most of my thoughts along the way, so I'm good. Chris, are you using that hair powder stuff? How do you get that? Like, what do you use for the I mean, Max Hedrum? I'm dating myself, but that kind of like Max AI Hedrum. hair. I got to get a Max Hedrum background when I'm back in my office. <laughs> oh, you know that is, a, right? You know that is Max Hedrum. Oh, right? no, I know who Max Hedrum is. Yeah, you absolutely. look like him. 
thank you. I think <laughs> you did. No, but like, how do you do that, man? There's a lot of product going down there. Not a lot. It's just a little bit of uh, paste. Like if you, you saw paste, the powder that's all over the internet, right? No, that's supposed it's not, to be well, that's, it's more like a, it's white, just a kind yeah. of. Um, I would kill to have either one of your heads. I, I just, what I would do, you know, <laughs> I, I, I would just play with my hair and style. I, 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 I would color it. Like, you know, it's funny. I used to keep it like super weird short. At all. I used to You're keep it super short. Out. You have to end this call. Sorry. I used to keep it really short. And then like right after my 40th birthday going on almost seven years ago, I had, uh, I, it occurred to me, I was like, wait, I can grow this. I should like do something with it. So then I started yeah. growing it longer. Cause I'm like, uh, I was like, it looked like I did. I just had, cause I'm blonde. So like when I kept it extremely short, it didn't look Oh, like I don't it. know that you're blonde and Aryan. You have to point that out to everyone. I, you know, I don't know if you noticed. I'm blonde haired and gorgeous and blue eyed. Have you noticed? Yeah, well, we've noticed. Telling this light, but uh, we've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So I want I want to end this before we get kicked off the air here, uh, or fired by the FCC. Our viewer. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about we can talk about hair next week. We can yeah. talk about products. <laughs> all right, what are we talking about next week? Well, actually, next week. So next week we may not sure, but we may have um, uh, uh, somebody on the, on uh, on here who will be helping us explain how to evaluate your staffing business or your your search oh. firm. Uh, yeah, okay. so potentially Neil's working on that one, and then potentially Dave Nurs from from NPA should be here probably a week or two after that if you confirm with him. So we have our, our next couple of guests. I believe uh, I get up. credit for that intro to you. I don't know if you remember. I I, I introed you to him a while back. So I don't know if that, yeah. Maybe that's, that's right. I think you did. I think you did. I think we introduced a couple of them because actually I get introduced again uh, from one of my Australian co contacts. Um, it's weird how small this world is, you know. Just give me um, credit. Right. I don't care. I'll, I'll give you credit. All right, I'll, I'll give you credit. All right, guys. Well, that's it, folks. Thank you, everybody. I really appreciate it. Um, by the way, if you, if you anybody wants the um, uh, the uh, an invitation or invitation for the Headhunter Syndicate, uh, comment down below. Um, uh, otherwise, if you see it in one of Facebook groups. Facebook groups comment there as well. We'll get you an invitation today. All right. With that said, folks, see you next week. Bye, everybody. One of those invites. See you next week. <laughs>